Ready to rock and roll? Already, let's rock. All right. Welcome to Wild on Health, your weekly holistic prescription for living healthy naturally. Lifespan, that's simply the time you'll clock on this planet. Health span, however, is the time that you'll spend living your life in optimal mental and physical health. Join me on Seeking Healthspan, a podcast loaded with sensible recommendations and tips intended to put quality years on your life. Well, after raising eight children and practicing pediatric medicine for more than 50 years, Dr. Bill Sears has made it his life's mission to help little people and all people stay healthy. Together with his wife, Martha, they've written 46 books, advised tens of thousands of parents, and helped millions more through their incredible work focused on pediatric health, endless articles in parenting magazines, and countless appearances on more than 100 television programs, including Oprah, Good Morning America, CBS, CNN, NBC's Today's Show, and Dateline, not to mention a feature on the cover of Time Magazine. Dr. Sears, welcome to Wild on Health Seeking Health Span. Uh, welcome, and, and I'm wild about this program. <laughs> <laughs> I love what you did there. You know, and, and in the backdrop there, the infamous Sears home where those eight amazing children, some of whom I've actually had the honor and pleasure of meeting, grew up on a spectacular and beautiful uh, property that uh, looks out on the ocean. I only know this uh, because you know I'm honored and privileged to consider you a friend um, and uh, to have been uh, a part of some incredible dinners uh, over the years, our salmon at sunset, uh, which I guess has become somewhat of a tradition, um, yes. you know, as we purview uh, the annual uh, Anaheim Expo, which is all about best in class uh, ingredients um, featured uh, in the world of natural health and wellness. M my first question to you, sir, I mean, you're a legend. Um, you, we could talk about so much and go on forever. Um, but my first question to you, just to you know, open this up for folks joining in today, is, is what inspired you to get into this particular health profession as a pediatrician? Well, uh, Bryce, it, it, this, this all began um, maybe 60 years ago when I realized during medical school that what, is, what would give me the greatest joy as a doctor? You know, that, that, that's you know, helping people heal. That's, that's, our, that's our mission. Yep. And at that time, I, wanted to, I had a goal. I wanted to go to bed every night with a high dose of what I call the helper's high. In other words, I want to drift off feeling how many lives today are going to, as you said, health span, are going to have a longer health span, not just lifespan, but health span, because of what I taught them today. I thought, babies, of course. If I can take a new couple, newly pregnant, and counsel them on how to care for the baby, how to feed and care and nourish, uh, to smarten their immune system, to discipline them wisely. If I can, when their growing brain is so receptive, if I can teach them that early on, I've affected that precious little baby maybe for 90 years. And I uh -huh. thought, wow, 
sign me up. So I, that's how I became, wanted to become a pediatrician. And what an incredible legacy uh, you leave. Um, you know, and a typical interview on this podcast actually involves insights into living longer, as you've alluded to, and healthier lives with experts who typically focus on advice for making, you know, changes in, in midlife and beyond, because that's typically where it hits you. How do I add healthy years no. to my life? But you and Martha have made it your life's work to focus on the health of babies, infants, young children, and helping parents establish these optimal health spans for their mm. children, their kids starting in early development. So here's really the question. It's a loaded one. You know, what do you believe are the most important factors, if we could summarize a few, uh, that play a role early on, a critical role in establishing good health uh, for starting life at this young age? Well, it begins in the womb, right? That's where parenting begins. So let's talk about the brain, because the brain is the fastest growing organ within that body, especially the last trimester of pregnancy is when it just about doubles in size. And then after birth, that precious little brain doubles in size by two years of age and reaches 90% of its adult volume by five years of age. So I figure, aha, uh -huh. what do you think, Bryce, is the number one organ that's most affected by lifestyle, exercise, attitude, and nutrition, what we call the lean? What do you think is the organ most affected by those? It's got to be the one between your ears, Doc. You got it. It's, it's the brain. And so um, to, get, to get parents riveted on that, because today's parents are overloaded. Yeah with a lot of misinformation. So to get them to pay attention, I have what I call the fathead talk. Mm -hmm. So they're, imagine you're sitting in my office and you're the dad and the mom's sitting there in full bloom, gonna have a baby any month now. And I says, guess what, Mary? You're growing a little fathead inside. <laughs> she says, what? Yeah, your, your baby's brain is mostly fat. 60% sure. fat. And she'd say, oh, wow, okay, well, so what? I say, well, what is it about fat that makes brain illnesses now the number one illness in America? The brain's now sicker than the heart for the first yes. time in history because fat oxidizes, fat turns rancid. Like you leave a piece of salmon overnight and it stinks in the morning. The medical term for stinks is oxidizing. Therefore, Mary, what you need to feed your little fat head <laughs> are a smart fat diet. No more of this low fat stuff. You know, that, that reminds me that low fat diet stuff reminds my favorite movie, Dumb and Dumber. You know, that, that it was. And so I want you to feed your baby a smart fat diet, not a low fat diet. I want you to eat a smart fat diet, and I want you to eat lots of antioxidants to keep the brain from oxidizing. Fruits, vegetables, berries, omega fats. And so uh, this is the type of talk I have with them even before baby's born. And then I say, what do you think is the best food for baby the first six months or first two years even? Mama's milk. Sure. Mama's milk is 40 to 50% fat. See, so I, the, then um, can you imagine those? They've never heard that. 
so they go home and have a talk. You know, honey, we need to, this is, I didn't realize how important nutrition is for my precious baby. And then what we're knowing, Bryce, now, like the immune system. What we know now is when you grow a precious little baby with a healthy immune system, a healthy brain, a healthy gut, gut brain, we call it gut, the second brain. When you do that, those early years, those formative years, those babies have a better chance of having those same organ systems healthier 50 years later. In those formative years. So what we're saying here is if you consider, you know, in utero growth and particularly, um, you know, doing whatever you can through the nutrition of the mother to, Mm -hmm. you know, essentially grow a healthy fat head, that this will translate into likely additional years later on in that unborn child's life. Uh, Absolutely. That's where health span begins. And, and you could even say, you're coming into my office for the visit, a little, little baby, and this is my 50th year in practice. You mentioned I love holding little babies, those little fat cheeks, <laughs> little fat heads, and, uh, and I love holding them. That's where health span begins. So I said, let's have a talk about health span. Okay? And, and that's why I'm so glad. Uh, that's why uh, the joy of pediatrics. Oh, I can't believe anything more rewarding. And that's just, you know, a very, uh, that, that, that term doesn't do it justice. You know, I know that you, you've been, you've said in the past, one of your favorite lectures on the topic of health span is to go outside and play. T- tell yeah. us what you mean by that. Ah, uh, go outside and play. In fact, um, um, I, I write that prescription every day in my office. And it surprises the heck out of patients. They will say, you know, they'll come in for ADD or ADHD or one of the Ds or behavioral problems or my child's not mining, uh, that type of thing, uh, uh, a uh, uh, unruly toddler. I'll get out my prescription pad and I'll say to them, I am now going to write you the most science-based prescription for your child's D, disorder, whatever it is. Go outside and play. And they're surprised. Just sounds, that's what my mother said. <laughs> and, and the reason is, first of all, movement, play. Movement mobilizes the immune system. So I draw little pictures for them in the office. I say, there's your immune system army. They're camped out on the, on the side of your blood vessel, ready to strike if any, any germ comes in. When you go outside and move, you mobilize your army, just like you train troops. They don't sit around. They go outside and they move. So movement mobilizes your immune system. Outdoors. What is it about the healing powers of nature? Your brain on nature. And uh, let me take you into a little trip. I, I took a trip to uh, Japan several years ago to give a lecture over there. And as you know, Asian lectures are very long. And my brain was kind of fried at the end of the day. And our um, host, Mr. Saganishi, said, we're going to take you and Martha out for some Shinrin Yoku, <laughs> which I thought was a Japanese drink. So we get in this car and we drive through a forest and a mountain 
And we get up and we stop the car in the middle of a forest. And we said, now we're going to get out and have some, enjoy some Shin Min Yoku forest bathing, a walk in the woods. I thought, okay, this, this is nice and all that, but no science, wrong. So I went over to Nippon University in Tokyo and learned they had a whole department of forest bathing where they would take disturbed children, disturbed adults. Mm -hmm. You know, their brains are kind of a, very disturbed and wire them up and have them go on a walk in the woods and they would test them and they would draw all kinds of fluids everywhere from their body. And in a nutshell, the stress hormones went down, the happy hormones went up, their immune system, the natural killer cells, the, the, the um, Navy SEALs of the immune system, they got higher in number and fighting ability. Every medicine you would want to take came into your body naturally after a good old half hour walk in the woods. So isn't that's that incredible. Why, Getting back to basics in many ways, isn't it? Well, yeah, go outside and play. And, yeah. and this is, I'm glad you asked that because um, today's young people, they're sitting too much. And I have a big sign in my office that says, sit and stew is bad for you. <laughs> yeah. Well, really? Well, and, and so get them out. Absolutely. I'm not sure if you've heard of this. There's an acronym floating around the internet, and it's actually quite popularized, um, you know, between chats of, uh, you know, new and uh, even seasoned parents. Um, getting kids older, younger. So this is a K-G-O-Y, this, this acronym, or, or kids getting older, younger, or children growing up too fast. And what they're saying is it's social media and pampering parents and increased pressure to succeed. You know, kids these days deal with a lot, but it's, it's making them grow up faster um, or, or, or maybe uh, not so healthy. And, and due to the reasons you just described, as the Japanese call it, Shinrin-yoku, and mobilizing yeah. the immune system and just the play. I mean, even the social interaction, getting off the screens, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you just said. They're getting older, younger. And uh, here, here's a startling statistics. The incidence of type 2 diabetes, the most preventable illness, Ever, the incidence of type 2 diabetes has tripled in young people under 14 in the last two years. The mm -hmm. incidence of depression and anxiety is the highest in my 50 years in practice. And so I think it's time, parents, please, it's time to get back to the basics, is what you're talking about, Bryce. Go outside and play. Now, now there's something else to that, right? I mean, the, you know, so m my experience and what the literature has described in my attraction to the forest bathing uh, for all ages uh, certainly describes, as you mentioned, uh, you know, the negative ions, we expose ourselves to this flora and fauna and these feel good mm -hmm. serotonin boosting hormones go up. But, oh. but, but for children, they're literally smaller, they're closer to the ground, they tend to get dirtier and they play in the, no. in the mud. You know, tell us how that's important, especially in the formative years. Oh, sure. You know, you, you, you watch kids. If you leave them alone, they go outside and play. I watch where my grandkids come. They're rolling around in the grass. All right. They, they've got dirt on their hands. You know, their immune system is getting adapted 
to the germs that they're going to live with the rest of their life. So it's like your immune system says, okay, thank you for playing around because you're training us to get to know the germs and which are the naughty ones to fight and which are the nice ones to protect. And, and you're exactly right. The, um, the uh, go outside and play. And, and I, I, I keep coming back to the immune system because um, we, we doctors want to, uh, uh, you know, that there's a good use of cell phones. There's a good use of electronics. They're here to stay, they're not gonna go away, but we need to monitor them. For example, I have a big sign in my, when they come over for, for family get togethers, uh, for all of our kids, you know, we, we have a big family, there's usually 20 here. And, and I'll say, welcome to the fun house. Please leave your cell phone in the basket. Yeah, good for you. The kids love it. Good They'll go you. out and play badminton, croquet. They'll, they're running around the back, but the adults have the trouble with it, see? So it's, it's just a matter of saying, of, of teaching, um, you know, parenting in a nutshell, Bryce, is giving your children the tools to succeed in life. Mm -hmm. And I think, think of a better tool than raising a healthy immune system yeah, and a healthy brain, sense. not on overload. And, and another thing what we're seeing too is vision problems in uh, younger children. And because of screens, artificial light. So we give them a quick course in at least every 20 minutes, look outside. Sure. Mm. I say hi to the sky, like right now, instead of looking at you and my computer, say hi to the sky, close your eyes, take a deep breath and come back to the screen. See, so little things like that, that parents and teachers should be teaching their children. I interviewed uh, a Dr. Josh, an ophthalmologist, renowned uh, uh, ophthalmologist in, in um, uh, episode seven, I believe. And uh, you know, he, he reminded us of a rule, 20, 20, 20. So every 20 minutes, take uh, 20 seconds to look at something 20 feet yes. away at minimum in yes. order to exercise your eyeballs. And you're right about that. Kids are just, you know, infatuated. You know, I'm not sure where this is all going to end up or how it's going to transpire. I'm pretty sure it's not going to be a good thing. But after a couple of years where, you know, our kids that are new to the world um, right. haven't had that level of exposure they typically would, less so in the last couple of decades, surely as it relates to technology, but that exposure to nature, as we're describing, as we're talking about, um, and how this hygiene, or let's even refer to it perhaps as hyper hygiene high, uh, hypothesis is going to affect them. They just simply haven't had the exposure to let alone dirt to the typical amount of, of, of germs that would travel uh, around their systems. I, mm -hmm. I just wonder how that's going to play off on their, on their lifespan, let alone their health span. Well, we don't know. I think in the long term, it's going to be fairly good because the human brain is very adaptable. So we'll have a social media center in our brain. We'll, we'll have a, 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 a artificial light center in our brain. But in the meantime, we're going to pay a price. And I think there's one thing, though, and I, I kind of like to focus on solutions instead of dwelling on the problems like you do, right? We're, we have that together. And 
one of the things I, I want parents to get all armed for the next go round of next winter or so, the next go around, whatever term we have, we learn what not to do. And that is create a fear factor. Yeah. The worst thing for the immune system in young children, especially when mommy and daddy are worried, I'm worried. When the teacher's worried, I'm worried. So let's imagine we get another outbreak of something. And the child comes home, the seven, eight-year-old comes home, mommy, what's going on? Everybody's scared and worried and all this, and this is closing, all that. Here's what I tell the parents in my practice. Okay, Bryce, you're the parent. Say, okay, you say, sit down, honey. Don't worry. Sit down. Let's talk about this. Don't worry. Because inside you, you've got a big army that's going to fight all this stuff. You're growing an army inside. You've got millions of these little soldiers inside. And I draw a little picture of Pac-Man, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Pac-Man, the, the NK cell for the helmet on NK. And I want you to picture that you've got these millions of little Pac-Men. And when a germ comes in, don't worry. The Pac-Man says, I'm going to get it. You're going to be okay. So I want you to dwell more on your army inside of you than the germs outside of you. See, so you're, you're teaching your kids a tool for life. And that is dwell on what you can control inside you, your immune system, instead of worrying about what you can't control. And that's all the stuff outside of you. So that's my tip for parents uh, when the next one comes. Stress, right? I mean, it's number one North American silent killer, probably that uh, contributes to diabetes. You mentioned that earlier, um, you know, heart disease, the big C, cancer, all kinds of things, but certainly immune depression. You, you wrote the book, uh, Feel Young uh, Your Whole Life, um, and, uh, and, and then uh, Primetime Health. This is a scientifically proven plan for feeling young and living longer. W what were the big takeaways from those, uh, from that writing? Well, the big, the big takeaways was the healthier immune system is when you're younger, the better you are when you're older. And for example, for teenagers, uh, I'll give a talk to teens. Now, this really surprises them. I'll say, okay, uh, teens, when do you, th you've heard the term Alzheimer's? Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't, you know, they say, I don't want to lose my mind, you know. I don't want to lose my mind. In fact, fear of losing your mind is the number one fear of the young people now. I don't want to lose my mind. Well, um, where, when do you, what age, when do you think Alzheimer's begins? And I'm uh, waiting for it. They're probably thinking 40, 50 and all that. So I say to them, Alzheimer's begins in adolescence. Mm. And they're shocked. And I learned this from my um, co-author of the Healthy Brain book, Vince Fortinez, who is uh, a professor of neurology at USC, an Alzheimer's specialist, because you don't all of a sudden lose brain cells right. and get Alzheimer's. You begin losing them in the 20s and 30s, little by little. But we've got extra brain cells. 
And then you lose some in the 20s, more in the 30s, more in the 40s, more in the 50s. And then pretty soon the brain says, enough already. I'm not, I'm losing it. And it all hides it. See, so uh, I think that that kind of gets them to, then I, then I segue into the term preload. This is a, a term that I instill in all the young people. Preload means prepare your body and your brain now for all the stuff that's going to hit when you're 40 or 50. But when a, something hits you when you're 40 or 50, your brain, your immune system says, don't worry, we're, pre, we're preloaded. You've got a strong immune system army. You're smart up here. We can handle this. You're preloaded. And they get the concept of preload. Mm-hmm. Health is an investment, isn't it? Never an expense, always an investment, whether it's time, money, effort, uh, whether it's putting the hours into exercise or as you call it, preload, you yeah. know, through good nutrition, uh, getting the mind straight. I love that immunity and, and, and the brain. I mean, ultimately, if we focused on those two systems or that organ and that system uh, and optimize them, uh, I think that kind of takes care of the rest of the body. I got to believe that, um, you, you know, you mentioned the Japanese, I think they get a lot right. You mentioned, uh, you know, forest bathing, Shinrin-yoku. Um, some research shows that a common denominator for why centenarians live beyond 100 years old uh, is also what the Japanese refer to as ikigai, which mm-hmm. I know you know about, which translates to uh, loosely anyways, to sense of purpose. And yes. the, the elders uh, in many of these centenarian pockets around the world, including Okinawa, the, you know, the uh, island off Japan, remain really active members of society into uh, old age. And they also hold family and close friends in very high regard. It turns out people who live the longest and healthiest have these very deep social connections. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you've written about how you know, giving love and feeling loved is therapeutic. You take the time and effort to strengthen the love uh, relationships in your life and make new relationships and heal mm-hmm. troubled relationships with family members. Tell us why you believe living this way may add years and even health span to your life. Well, it, 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 it really does too. There's a, a sense of purpose. And I think what it does, it relaxes your brain. You feel good. Like, um, this is why I, I, I keep going back for the eyes for young people. I say, the eyes are the windows to the brain. I, E-Y-E, I feel good. So surround yourself with, with scenes of natures, uh, pictures that you love to see, cell phone wallpaper that is just beautiful to look at, that type of thing. And when stuff happens, when a toxic thought comes into your brain, and it will, you quickly click into, oh, I can't wait to go dancing tonight, or I got a date tonight, or I'm going with my favorite friend tonight, or mom and dad are taking me somewhere. So um, it, it, that mind switching, and I think that's the, that, in my experience, that's the key to these centenarians. They've learned to fill their cerebral real estate with happy thoughts and memories that they replay instead of all the junk. And today's 
uh, young people are overloaded with stuff with the junk the junk and so um like i tell them tell them somebody text you with a problem somebody texts you with a problem you text back and say i want you to send this text to all your friends i'm susie susie only talks about prop about solutions susie only texts about solutions not about problems so next time you text me you can say the problem but here are the things i'm thinking about trying in other words you want to shift them so that that see positivity promotes longevity mm. negativity promotes anxiety and that's exactly what we we don't want the anxiety now so teach your kids that you know you know it's okay to get 100 texts a day or more but be selective be selective i love that happy thoughts i love that and you know to 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 borrow from your words terminology and concepts um the idea that you know preloading nutrition lifestyle uh, mm -hmm. exercise getting out into nature i i almost feel like this is uh, the recommendation to preload, as you call it, your prefrontal uh, real estate, cortex mm -hmm. real estate with happy thoughts of family pictures of things and places you love the idea that you might have a date coming up or something you're looking forward to positivity preloading your free prefrontal cortex real estate with positivity that yes. allows your brain to quickly go there when it needs to mm -hmm. when it's feeling that uh, little bit of, of negativity, I think a lot of folks could do uh, really well hearing those words. I think that's amazing. Um, and I got to ask you about the I mean, numerous studies, just to segue into uh, sleep, because I, I really feel this is a huge uh, and very problematic epidemic that's plaguing us right now in North America and around the world. Um, numerous studies have found that insufficient sleep ultimately increases a person's risk of developing all kinds of medical conditions. You know them all, including obesity, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease. And that lack of adequate sleep over time has been associated with a shortened lifespan i think yes. and you're the expert but i think our younger generation is getting less sleep due to circadian rhythm distortion and disruption than ever before right i mean this is a problem uh, bryce you nailed it you nailed it right there that's a huge problem for the first time in in my history pediatricians are having to give sleep consultations right wow so here's what i in a nutshell in fact uh, the section in, in our book, The Healthy Brain Book, uh, the largest section is on sleep. And the kids don't get it. So here's how I make it simple for them. I say, all right, when you go to sleep, when you go to sleep, I want you to picture what happens, boys and girls, about sleep. When your body drifts off to sleep, your brain doesn't. And something great is going on in your body and brain. It's called a night shift. Reports for duty. A huge immune system, a night shift. Reports for duty in your brain as you drift off to sleep. And that system is called the glymphatic system big word mm -hmm. and i make it kind of fun and simple for them you know what is this system what is this this big army that's coming into my brain during sleep 
All right, so follow me closely, boys. And I grow little pictures for them. So the first thing that happens is your immune system army inside your brain called glia, G-L-I-A, glia cells. Glia cells get more numerous and fighting ability. They're called the garbage collectors of the brain. <laughs> They're garbage collectors of the brain. And I want you to think of your brain during sleep like a dishwasher. At night, you put a dirty dish in the dishwasher. You get up in the morning, the dish is clean. That's what's going on in your brain during sleep. So the glial cells report for duty, garbage trucks, and they clean up all the garbage, toxic thoughts, metabolic waste products, all the things that make you old and unhappy. They clean up. The next thing that happens where do they dump the garbage? Well, thank you, Dr. Mother Nature. Uh, the, the river channels of your brain, the fluid channels of your brain called lymphatics, they widen during sleep. So you have the rivers widening, more rivers and more garbage trucks to dump the toxic waste into the rivers, and then you get rid of it. And you wake up with a clean dish, the dishwasher. And the, the kids say, wow, that goes on in my body during good sleep. Maybe I ought to get the cell phone out of my bedroom. Maybe I ought to turn off these screens an hour before. Right. Maybe I should uh, you know, go outside and play or pray or meditate and think good thoughts an hour before I go to bed. Maybe I should drift off to sleep. Uh, I, I give the young kids a little, a little thing. I say, I want you to write the I am technique of savvy mom. My practice taught me this. I want you to put on your bathroom mirror five things you like about yourself. I am smart. I am funny. I am a good soccer player. That thing. You're brushing your teeth and you dwell on those. Mm -hmm. Then you drift off to sleep. I am, I am, I am, I am. You wake up in the morning. And no matter how life sucks, you wake up five things I'm grateful for. Thank you for my life. Thank you for my mom and dad. Thank you for my school, my boyfriend, or something like that, you know? See, those are the, those are, uh, that's sleep in a nutshell, Bryce, but I'm glad you asked that. It, it is uh, something we all need to work on. And I got to believe this is just yet another one of those ways in which, I mean, this is excellent advice. Uh, and everyone listening, tuning in should really try to instill this method of uh, positive self-reinforcement in their children, uh, because it's just yet another way to preload the ability, or at least it's almost like exercise, or it's like learning a new sport, isn't it? When you sort of train a young child into understanding uh, how to think of themselves positively. Yes. And um, some of this is you know, a little rote to begin with, right? The repetition, mm -hmm. um, which builds confidence. But I guess where I'm going with this is that this seems to be another uh, common denominator through the research around centenarians, people that live beyond 100. They have a higher positive regard uh, for themselves, they higher do. level of um, self-actual, the ability to self-actualize through their lives, um, their sense of worth and of course their community. They're still active members in society. It starts at a very young age. Um, and so just more words of wisdom uh, and thank you for that. Uh, sleep hygiene, I just got to throw that in there. 
I know you're a huge proponent. It's also getting the room, just like you mentioned, one of the things is get rid of these, you know, uh, devices that ultimately emulate the light, but also distract our our, um, our, our kids uh, ability to have their own thoughts. They're just fed garbage, like you alluded to earlier, mm -hmm. uh, but also obviously keep the room cool. So as to, as you described the glymphatic system, garbage disposals uh, work even better, have it comfortable, uh, silent, oh, maybe fine. black out the blinds, uh, don't let the light in, all, all, all measurable differences to having a deeper and more um, rejuvenative uh, sleep that ultimately throughout your life, if you can maintain decent or good, uh, healthy sleep habits, you will live a longer and more productive life. You've recently overcome a second scare uh, with cancer. Uh, and then you wrote the book, Help Heal Yourself from Cancer, an incredible book loaded with amazing information. Uh, one part of it focuses on how to achieve a better relationship with your healthcare providers and create a team around you. Um, and the, I, I wanted to sort of get into that because I think, you know, anyone listening, it's, you know, just a ton of information, anyone out there who might be suffering from cancer or have a friend or a family member with cancer, but, but, but to start this way, the epitome of health isn't whether you get sick either with an infection or even develop cancer, but rather how you manage a disease and how quickly and successfully you overcome it. I know you agree with that, but yes. What factors can you share with us that you attribute to your now successful second time recovery from cancer? I know there's many, but maybe you could share a few. Yes, and, and that, that second, uh, it happened three years ago, uh, my second ca cancer. Um, I recovered, uh, fortunately, uh, praise God, I recovered from colon cancer 25 years ago, which as, as many men, it took cancer to change my life. Cancer caused me to change and to transform. And then three years ago, um, I was all ready to get my, uh, my uh, annual blood test and my annual checkup. And I said to my wife, Martha, my nurse, doctors marry nurses because we live longer. And uh, I said, honey, I feel fine. I don't need to check up. Bill, go get your checkup. Yes, dear. So I go in, get my checkup, get a good checkup, clean bill of health, get a call the next day. Bill, I'm sorry to report, but you've got leukemia. Oh, my goodness. I, I do everything the book says. I do everything Bryce Wilde says on his show. I do everything right. How did I get this? They traced it down to a, a pesticide on a golf course. Wow. That I had high levels in my blood. I couldn't control that. That was out of my control. So I realized there are things I cannot control, but I can control my immune system's response. So I go into my oncologist and he looks at everything, says, Bill, you know, you're preloaded. 55%, 55% of your white blood cells are cancerous. Yet you're, fine. You're, you're, you're healthy, you're walking around, wouldn't think. So because you've preloaded your body all these years with the right foods and the exercise and the this positive thinking, all the things we're talking about, and you stay lean, lean's a big thing, and can't yep. mention. For you, we're going to get by with a lower dose of a milder chemotherapy. Wow. So after three years of taking it, uh, no side effects, my cancer went from 55% white blood cell cancerous to zero. Well, That's almost zero. 0.00 something 
Excellent. And Thank so, God. So that's the story whereby because I preloaded and controlled what I could, my inside, I could fight all the toxins stuff that Excellent. comes in. And, and I want to stick on that point because, you know, but for perhaps some, you know, rare exceptions, centenarians, it turns out, uh, have just as many disease associated genetic variants as the average population. Sure. So, so their genetic advantage is likely due to these variants um, that, that slow down aging and decrease risk for aging related diseases like heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes, and so forth, even Alzheimer's disease. But, but talk to us about how genes are not your destiny and how anyone listening who's got the diagnosis of cancer shouldn't think about statistics or percentages, but yes. may want to consider this preload concept. Yes. I'm glad you mentioned the genes are not your destiny. You nailed it there. And this gave rise to a whole, a wonderful, wonderful science called epigenetics, mean above the genes, meaning we can't control the genes. They're in there. We inherit them. But we can control how the genes behave. Right. Now, we learned this with child number seven, Stephen. Stephen came into our world with Down syndrome, an extra chromosome. Very early on, the day he was born, when he came out, and I knew right away, I said to Martha, after, I, I, didn't, I won't say I delivered Stephen, she goes bananas, uh, men catch babies, women <laughs> deliver babies. All right, so after I caught Stephen, uh, and we looked at one another, and we, we knew he had Down syndrome, immediately we said, all right, beginning immediately, Epigenetics will be our mission. Mm -hmm. And we started from day one to feed him correctly. And kids with Down syndrome are very hard to nurse, to breastfeed because they have very weak sucks. Took Martha, who's an expert at that time, she's a lactation consultant, took her four weeks to suck train him. She breastfed him for three years. Hmm. He actually breastfed on the Phil Donahue show, <laughs> wow. Wow. but uh, under a wrap. And so um, Stephen now, he's 33, been our healthiest child. He's lean, a healthy young man, plays golf. They call him at the golf club, Harry Putter. <laughs> Harry Putter at the golf club. He's got a wonderful sense of humor. He dances, he sings epigenetics yep genetics are your destiny so yes so if parents if you have a child if you're uh, given a child with a genetic quirk think epigenetics what can i do and it all comes down to that lea on lifestyle exercise attitude and nutrition sure absolutely yeah there's this uh adage I love, uh, you can't change your genes. Those are the, you know, the, the cards that mom and dad have dealt you in this game mm -hmm. of life. It's now learning yeah. how to play those cards. Um, and the beauty is that you can manage genetic expression to mm -hmm. a very strong degree, as you allude to, even with, even with cancer, you know, and, and I really enjoyed, um, well, the whole book, but one particular it struck me this one particular component of the book, which kind of is, uh, you know, on the same topic, but, uh, the way you explain how our soil is more important than our seeds, 
Um, this follows yes. the same tune, if you will. Um, and then, you know, maybe you can comment on that in context, because we just very briefly touched upon it in terms mm -hmm. of, uh, you know, environment and playing kids getting into soil and our immune systems. Mm -hmm. um, but, but tell us a little bit about how our soil is more important than our seeds in context of our gut microbiome. Yes. Yes. And, and you see soil, um, the soil is where seeds grow. And if, if you get it, let's follow a cancer cell because we all have cancer cells in our body with, with right. trillions of cell replications every minute or so, a few are gonna go haywire and become cancerous. But the immune system, your soil, search and destroys, they patrol your body searching for a cancer cell. And this is, this is going on right now. Here's a cancer cell right over here. Here's my cancer cell. And here's an immune system, an NK cell. And the NK cell is drawn like a magnet toward the cancer cell. And when they glom onto each other, the, the immune system, the NK cell shoots, fires a dart called a perforin perforate into the cancer cell and blows it up. Wow, that's going on, see? So that's the soil, the immune system, the gut you mentioned, the gut's called the second brain. The lining of your gut is the soil, the microbiome, the little community of gut bugs. Uh, microbiome, wonderful term now in medicine, the community of gut bugs that live in your gut and in return for free food and a warm place to live, they do good things for your body. They make your immune system. Right. And, and, I, I, and, I, and that's why the head brain is the first brain, the gut brain is the second brain. And even right now, the head brain is sending text messages down the vagus nerve, the highway of the body, the biggest nerve in the body, right down the middle of the body into the gut and fanning out all through the gut and texting the gut brain saying, how are things going down there, gut? Oh, things are going fine, brain, as long as you don't stress me out up, up there. <laughs> so we're fine down here if you don't stress me out up there. And if you feed me well down here, don't let me get constipated and all that, you keep me moving then I'm going to fight well for you. See, so that's going on in our body, that, that microbiome army. And there's so much to keeping a healthy microbiome, one of which, uh, I mean, you've written the book on this. Uh, it was a, it's a very easy read. Uh, anyone out there who wants to establish an optimal gut microbiome, which ultimately translates, as you said, to um, a, a, an improved gut brain, a brain gut, uh, as well as an immune system, as you alluded to. Uh, some research shows upwards of 80% of our immune system starts in our gut. Yes. Um, but in Dr. Pooh, you talk about um, soluble fiber, and we're both a huge fan of uh, the stuff that is uh, made from guar bean. Mm -hmm. um, I believe the manufacturer in Japan, we, we bring up Japan oh. a lot in this uh, podcast today, but oh. uh, called Tayo, they make a few different uh, products um, that are of soluble fiber. But I, I know we're both fans of one called uh, Regular Girl. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. Here on, here on screen, which is just 
pure yeah, we, we, rec we recommend that a lot in our office yes yeah what it, so tell folks what this is and how this might contribute to a healthy microbiome yes the uh, uh, the good fiber see we we, we are a fiberless nation right now yeah. especially with young people the more junk food they eat the less fiber they get the fiber i want the fiber the solid fiber is like the broom mm. it's like the broom that sweeps the junk out of your gut. You eat the food and your, your gut bugs live on your leftovers. Mm -hmm. the, what you chew, all that like the asparagus stuff, all the, the chew, the stuff you chew, 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 that you can't digest up here, you can't digest, but your gut bugs can, they live off your leftovers. And then, they, then you just uh, evacuate at the very end. Uh, what's left over. So um, that's what fiber, and I explained it with the kids, it helps you poo better. Mm -hmm. And then I say, uh, and it helps them remember, the better you chew, the better you poo. And in the office, the five-year-olds are grinning, the mothers are blushing and laughing. <laughs> but, um, but kids need to be taught that. Sure. You know, because kids are constipated. Under five, they're Wants are constipated. So that's what's going on. It's like uh, the fiber, uh, think of it as a nice broom that sweeps things along and keeps them moving. And so you keep moving and you absorb the good stuff and you evacuate the stuff you don't need, but you do it in a comfortable way. Sure. You know, in uh, this is starting a number of years ago now in clinical practice, I started recommending, you know, hiding good for you foods into, you know, treats, the, you know, the, you know, avocado into your, oh, you know, healthy brownie formulas yeah. and things like that. But with this stuff, um, I now tell parents to literally put a scoop, a serving into their child's water bottle for the day because it's tasteless, it's odorless. Um, yeah. you, you can't even tell that it's not just water. Um, and as you mentioned, I mean, this is a fiber deprived uh, generation uh, that is uh, growing up uh, in North yeah. America. And it is so imperative to a healthy microbiome, which ultimately leads to the immune system, which just like you said, multiple times mm -hmm. on the show today, without that and preloading that immune system, you can't have that optimal health for life. And therefore, you know, you're kind of kissing a few years goodbye, uh, theoretically. Um, I know this is a hard one, but as we're wrapping up uh, for time, any supplements uh, besides that, I mean, fiber is not really a supplement. It's not a nutrient, which it's a bulking agent that we're lacking of, but any supplements, uh, we, we talked a little bit of omega threes and the importance, any others that you believe everyone should consider that may, you know, indirectly add to healthy years on their life that they should take. Yes. Well, uh, supplement 101, uh, show me the necessity. Yep. Do I need it, but I don't need it. Right. Therefore, I need to take it. I, you know, I teach them how to think of it. Well, let's say vitamin D, for example. It's uh, up there in Toronto during the, <laughs> during the winter time. <laughs> Anywhere north of 40 degrees, we're all deficient in that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh, vitamin D, do I need it? but I don't get it, therefore I need to take it. So vitamin D is a big one. And I, and I, and I do a lot in my office and the old stuff about vitamin D having a 30, no, you want, a, you want a, a measurement above 50. Right. Get rid of that old 30 stuff, you want 50. Uh, next, 
omega-3 DHA EPA. Bingo. We do a little finger stick blood test, omega-3 index. My office, we've done a couple hundred times. And most are insufficient omega-3s, which is the top smart fat in the brain. Right. So that's the second one. Then fruit and vegetable supplements are, are important. Probiotics, you mentioned. Sometimes uh, vitamin C, sometimes vitamin E. Um, there's one also called astaxanthin. Mm. Uh, we use Hawaiian astaxanthin a lot because it's, uh, it's what makes salmon pink. It's sure. an antioxidant. So that's what, what I teach my patients about. Think about what you need, but you don't eat. And then, and then, and then, like you said, there are sometimes there are tests for these things Yes, Um, and then leverage. I mean, you, you, you you know, your numbers, right? Know your numbers. If you know, follow and track. Um, and that makes perfect sense. Um, that's excellent. Slightly off topic. Maybe it's actually right on topic, but I got to ask you this. I probably have asked you this off camera, off, uh, off, off audio before. Um, but now that I'm with, uh, with my wife, Kelly for uh, 20, over 26 years, um, and I look up to you as a friend, a mentor, uh, as the, uh, the consummate husband and father, what are the secrets, uh, to a successful long marriage? <laughs> well, it starts with two words. Just say yes, dear. <laughs> I love it. Um, but you know, and, and we, we're, we're now married 50, uh, 56 years. Incredible. Uh, we went dancing the other night to celebrate it uh happiest we've ever been but we had some rough roads some rough roads but the biggest change that saved our marriage and caused us to thrive not just survive our marriage but thrive is when i went through a brain change that says to martha you first me second when I could get out of my selfish self and put her first, our marriage thrived. So that was the first thing I learned uh, to, to help our marriage. So her first, me second. Uh, have fun. Enjoy one another. Sometimes, like with eight kids, you can imagine we needed alone time. <laughs> we needed to take care of ourselves a bit. And so we'd get the, the older kids to look after younger kids, we went out dancing sure. or a couple hobby, you know, up there in, in fact, up there and you have so many good places to hike up there in Canada. We loved living in Canada. And um, I guess uh, enjoy one another, have fun one another. That's, that's the main thing. Those are the keys. I like the yes, dear. And I'll tell you, maybe this is even full circle to our conversation at the top, which is um, Shinrin Yoku or forest bathing. I've made it a habit now. Yeah. Uh, we've made it a habit rather, my wife and I, to any time we can, weather permitting, get out into the forest, debrief about our day, half an hour, two kilometer walk, um, and just share you know, stories. That's brought us uh, a lot closer together. Um, mm-hmm. Dr. Sears, thank you. You know, I, I got to say, this has just been so enlightening um, and I appreciate you and your time and uh, please say hi to Martha for me. 
Um, everyone tuning in today for more information on Dr. Bill and Martha Sears, just got to head on over to askdrsears.com. It's an online most trusted resource for parents featuring topics on pregnancy and childbirth, feeding and eating, parenting and behavior, health concerns, brain health, and access to all of their social media handles, as well as the numerous, incredibly well-written and informative, very easy to use and apply information books that are available as well. Thank you so much for being a guest on Wild on Health Seeking Health Band, Doc. I really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Bryce. It's been my honor to do though. All right. All the best to you and many, many more years.